0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So a cool thing happened this year, and that's that the 1925 books became public domain, and that includes F. Scott Fitzgerald's The Great Gatsby. So, um, hey, I'm just going to read a little bit. About, I, I love Fitzgerald's writing and his um, ability to describe things. Here's a scene where narrator Nick Carraway and The Great Gatsby are riding through New York City, but how Fitzgerald describes it with this kind of 19-teens jargon is is great. He wouldn't say another word. His correctness grew on him as we neared the city. We passed Port Roosevelt, where there was a glimpse of red-belted ocean-going ships and sped along a cobbled slum lined with the dark, undeserted saloons of the faded gilt 1900s. Then the Valley of Ashes opened out on both sides of us, and I had a glimpse of Mrs. Wilson straining at the garage. Pump! With painting vitality as we went by. With fenders spread like wings, we scattered light through half Astoria. Only half, for as we twitted among the pillars of the elevated, I heard the familiar jug, jug, spat of a motorcycle, and a frantic policeman rode alongside. All right, old sport, called Gadsby. We slowed down. Taking a white card from his wallet, he waved it before the man's eyes. Right you are, agreed the policeman, tipping his cap. Know you next time, Mr. Gadsby." Excuse me. What was that, I inquired. The Pitchard of Oxford? I was able to do the commissioner a favor once, and he sends me a Christmas card every year. Over at the next bridge, with the sunlight through the girders making a constant flicker upon the moving cars, with the city rising up across the river in white heaps and sugar lumps, all built with a wish-out of non-olfactory money. The city seen from the Queensborough Bridge is always the city seen for the first time in its wild first promise of all the mystery and beauty of the world. A dead man passed us in a hearse heaped with blooms, followed by two carriages with drawn blinds and by more cheerful carriages for friends. The friends looked out at us with the tragic eyes and short upper lips of southeastern Europe, and I was glad that the sight of Gatsby's splendid car was included in the somber holiday. As we crossed Blackwell's Island, a limousine passed us, driven by a white chauffeur in which sat three modish Negroes, two bucks and a girl. I laughed aloud as the yokes of their eyeballs rolled towards us in haughty rivalry. Anything can happen. Now that we slid over this bridge, I thought, anything at all. Even Gatsby could happen without any particular wonder. So a couple things here. I want to stop there. I use the word I don't normally use. Sometimes I'll do everything I can to avoid reading any kind of racial epitaphs, um, except that I'm going to explain how I think Fitzgerald actually is using this in a, in a positive way. Um, a couple of thoughts, though. One is, so we see it's 1925, and he wrote the book probably the year before, 1924, and a person's getting a speeding ticket already. Well, yeah, that starts real early. Almost with the invention of the automobile, New York City gets right on the task of setting up a system of traffic rules and enforcement. And it it starts during Mayor George B. McClellan Jr.'s mayorality which ends in uh, 1908 so he's on it early between 1904 and 1908 he is um, prescribing a traffic violation system and making sure cars are under control and requiring policemen to enforce it because there was a an issue at the time policemen originally didn't want to force it so by the time you get to the 1920s yeah tickets that's already old hat the relentless beating heat was beginning to confuse me, and I had a bad moment there before I realized that so far suspicions hadn't alightened on Tom. I saw about the dead man passing in the hearse, and then there's uh, the African Americans, two men and a woman in a limousine that's driven by a white man. I've actually had to ask like some e-notes and things to figure out what this passage means. Definitely Fitzgerald is big on accidents and tragedy. His very first book has a car accident, This Side of Paradise, and cars were very dangerous at this time and very reckless. So the mention of a hearse is kind of foreshadowing that there's going to be bad events happening. The mention of the three Modish Negroes in the car, uh, it's not as easy to explain, but we do believe that it's Kind of a a hint at the accessibility of the American dream. It's possible for all types of people to achieve the material aspects of the American dream. Big houses, big cars, big parties. That's why not only are they being driven by a white driver, which would be a sight to see, and anything can happen on this bridge is the way that Nick Carraway describes it. But they're also kind of staring at them and sort of, uh, you know, saying, hey, you should be jealous of us. A lot of Fitzgerald is about material success, something that obviously in the 1920s and really the 19 teens, when he's getting most of his influence for these novels, where, you know, Fitzgerald is a writer of the 20s, but the teens are when the influence is coming. And so uh, it's quite interesting, you know. That locality was always vaguely disquieting, even in the broad glare of afternoon, and now I turned my head as though I'd been warned of something behind. Over the ash heaps, the giant eyes of Dr. T.J. eckelberg kept their vigil, but I perceived after a moment that other eyes were regarding us with particular intensity from less than 20 feet away. In one of the windows over the garage, the curtains had been moved aside a little, and Myrtle Wilson was peering down in the car. So engrossed was she that she had no consciousness of being observed, and one emotion after another crept into her face, like objects into a slowly developing picture. Her expression was curiously familiar. It was an expression I had seen on women's faces, but on Myrtle Wilson's face it seemed purposeless and inexplicable, until I realized that her eyes, wide with jealous terror, were fixed not on Tom, but on Jordan Baker, whom she took to be his wife. He uses that image of the two... Gray ash heaps. And that is a real thing that occurs in, at the time in the 1920s, in Queens, where there are just these heaps of garbage um, right outside the city. And if you're coming from Long Island into New York, you have to pass them. And so, this thing that's so important and symbolic in the Great Gatsby especially because at the gas station in the middle of this heap is where Gatsby gets into trouble. You're going to have to, it's actually real, and that really existed in Queens at the time, and Fitzgerald had a house out in Long Island, and they were going into the city all the time, would have to pass it through.